Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. I am one half of the Wired to Change coaching team. Trinity is on vacation. We sent her up north where she can redneck with her friends from Michigan. They took the Jeep <laughs> up there. But we help small businesses get their business to the level they want it to be so they can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And we have two enjoyable small business owners. You might know them as the office nerds. We know them as Mark and Tiffany with an I, Roberts. <laughs> Glad to have you two on the show. How are things? Thanks for having us. Things are going well. Husband and wife be. couple, working at home. 24-7. Just, just bought a boat. Uh, so can you sail? Are you going to be the one? Are you allowed to sail it? Yeah, I can okay. I can run the helm. Uh, okay. We're, we're still learning a lot about sailing, but... Yeah, we did. We did make our quarters a little smaller to spend twenty four seven together. So <laughs> I love him. <laughs> How many will it sleep? Six. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay. That, that's filling it, but yes. And you've had no shortage of people inviting themselves. Uh, you, you Got know, a few invites. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And it's going well. Gee, the boat's and just not ready yet, but we'll get back. We're getting there. Well, we, we did it like a regular business owner. We had the opportunity to get a boat, so we did, and now we have to learn to sail. I, I hear people do it the opposite way very often, learn to sail before they get a boat, but those are just details. We'll work it through. <laughs> but that's the work-life balance everybody tries to reach. Absolutely, and that's where we want to bring our clients, because if you're not enjoying what you're doing. Did you mess up already? Probably. Okay. Thank goodness for Drago. Like Didn't take long, did it? Fix it. <laughs> uh, yes, because if you're not enjoying what you're doing, the next question is why are you doing it? Mm. So we, we want to get you back to what, you know, I tell you guys, we want to get you back to what you love. You started a company for some reason, for something that you love that you want to do. And you probably is not doing books unless you're a bookkeeper. So, the, you know, that's where we come in, you know, taking off your plate the things that you probably aren't good at, that you don't like to do. It's muddling up your work to get you back to what you want to do. Branding is such a hard thing because we've seen companies just go wrong on that. They overthink it. They come up with one word with like 16 letters. It's Greek and it means nine things. But nobody can remember that, let alone pronounce it. They can't remember it. The office nerds is perfect. Let us do it, your nerdy work. It is exactly what it says it is. And it's what most of us don't want to do because mm -hmm. we're not good at it. And well, we don't, we don't do it right. Business, that's not what you're good at. It's not what you want to do. But you guys offer bookkeeping, QuickBooks, consulting, virtual assistant help, strategic partnership, kind of a nice arc to a business because some of your clients need different things, right? Absolutely. We always try to right size what they need to what we can offer. Uh, and we understand that people are coming from that, again, that bootstrap and duct tape methodology very often. Um, yes, I would love to clients that can just write a gigantic check. Uh, we were working with a food truck company, and I said, hey, I can have you set up next week. I can have the truck. I can have it set up. I can have your website. We can have it all. She said, write me a check for a million bucks. They said, excuse me, what did you say? I said, you know, write me that, and we'll have everything done. Well, we can't do that. And that's exactly the point. We know that. So that's why we're asking, you know, what is your budget? We're not trying to get the max out of you, but trying to understand what do you have and what you what can you work with? And we can work with that. Uh, Tiffany and I have both started several companies, and we've done it with no money. We've done it with, you know, different stages. And, you know, I've purchased a company before, so it's – we understand the different aspects of it, and we're going to come at you where you are, not where you, we think you should be or where somebody thinks you should be. 
Now, the company was birthed in 2010 by you. It was originally mm-hmm. not the Office Nerds, but Correct. that's where it's when it started. Why did it start then? Hmm. Had oh. you had enough of working for somebody <laughs> else? Some homework. <laughs> um, actually, I was partners with another company. We did residential and commercial security systems, um, and I had some incidences um primarily my daughter who was a freshman in high school or yeah freshman in high school and she came in asking for some help with homework and after the third time that I put my finger up and said one more minute I'm almost done because as I was cooking dinner and I was on the phone and I was on the computer I put her off and she said you know what I'll figure it out for myself I said, okay, it's time to uh, take a step back and take a deep breath and reprioritize things because you think you're going to get to this point in life where the kids get older and they're self-sufficient and they don't need you anymore. And the truth is the very opposite. They actually need you more than they did when they were two years old and they were confined to the inside walls of your home and they were safe. Um, Now they're they're going out into the world. So... um, after a lot of thought and prayer and discussion with family, I decided to sell my part of the, the company and uh, do something else. Unfortunately, well, and that something else was work for me for, for a little while and just kind of take a breath. Um, it was also, like you said, 2010, so 2008, economic mm-hmm. fallout. Um, so as I started looking for a real job, you know, a full-time job, Nobody could afford me and my expertise and my experience and my knowledge. And I had somebody say, hey, I can, I, can use your, I can use you, but this is what I need and this is what I can afford. And kind of a light bulb went off that mm-hmm. said, how many other small business owners need the same thing, but they can't do it the way they've been doing it? Um, and that's kind of how Triangle Management Solutions came along. Back in 2010. To do bookkeeping and QuickBooks, there has to be, your your brain has to work. You've got to be able to compartmentalize, connect dots quickly, and everything needs its place for the most part, right? Because yeah. it, it's not, I mean, it's kind of cut and dry. The number is the number, and it, it's it's got to come out to I a thousand. Lie. It's got to come out sure. to a thousand. So we gotta, where did that come from from you? Was that past family or did you love math growing up hated it it was the worst thing in the world (laughs) i was definitely more artistic side of the brain but somewhere along the way the practical um, took over the practical took over and it it tells a story if you really look at it and you you don't try to analyze it it tells a story Mm. and it tells the life of the business owner and the the pitfalls and the Rises and crescendos and the excitement and the knee-jerk reactions. And the money um, they use to pay off something else that's not part of the business, but they have questions. And uh, unfortunately for some clients, the money that is disappearing. <laughs> we have found that as well. <laughs> From them or employees. Employees, yeah. yeah. yeah one of the first ones we went in and... It's kind of funny the things that lead to it. Um, the bottom line of the story is the one office manager this client had was augmenting her salary. That's a go. nice way to say it. <laughs> Doubled. And because I knew the client so well, one of the things that jumped out to us that really led us down that road is 
gas was being purchased at a company where I knew he had a personal issue with this guy and would never buy gas at this gas station. And secondly, there was also a, a grocery store that I know he, he didn't personally go to. So I was like, why do I have expenditure over there? Are you giving somebody your, your corporate card? Because no, I'd never spend money on that guy. He still owes my family money from like 20 years ago. You know uh, what Boston, I, life yeah, in Boston. Yeah, <laughs> do, you, do you know what Irish Alzheimer's is? <laughs> you forget everything but a grudge. <laughs> and, and this is basically was it. And, you know, we couldn't figure it out. I mentioned to Tiffany as she's going through the books and, you know, quickly went down that road. Let's find things that don't look right and really focused on it. And it quickly just turned out going, okay, someone's taking some money that they don't belong to. So if you didn't know the guy, would you guys have found that? Yeah. We, we would have. That, okay. that, that expedited it. Okay. Because we were looking at literally tiny little charges for gas. Uh, Which a, is the smart way to do it. Yes. Instead of taking like $9,000 to buy something. Because yeah. that's going to be well, a quick again, red while flag. There's no well, judgment. There's, there's no judgment. Um, there's still questions. Mm. And it's, hey, look, I see X amount, you know, this, this kind of just doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't play out right. So I need to ask you about it. And once you have that, that trust and that capacity to be able to openly talk to a client, a client can, can be open with me. I don't, I mean, if you went to the, you know, if you went gambling, the strip club, I don't care. It's your money at the end of the day. But we need to be able to have this open, honest conversation when there, when there are questions that just say, Something doesn't feel right. doesn't look right. Once we put all that together, that's where I get to hand it off to Mark, and they can look at how they want to grow, how they want to expand, what their exit strategy is. Are they going to buy and develop more, you know, property, unit, you know, to grow the business? Do they want to ex- we, exit We're lucky. The that there's a great yin and yang between the two of us. Um, I was a fund yes. manager for the bank. Uh, I was also a banker, and I was – I hate to say trained on how to steal, but they taught us the different uh, fraud methods that were going on at the bank, and I found them fascinating. I always wanted to get into to that side of it, uh, just the ways that you can manipulate the numbers and, and do things incorrectly. Uh, and and th- that, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So to your point, yes, we would have found it. It was just funny that the it was expedited by saying, hey, there's a gas charge over here that I think is wrong. It's like, you're talking $20, $30. Why is this highlighting? Because it, it just, it's jumping out going, there's something about that. If a small business owner senses today that that might be going on in their business, what's a couple of things, tips for them to start looking for? It's, it's funny. One of the rules with the banks, and this goes right to your point, is if you have two weeks vacation, you have to take it. As two weeks, you can't take every Friday off for, you know, 12 weeks or whatever that is. Um, you can't take a week here and then a week there. Reason being, if you're consistently taking those small amounts like you're talking about, it takes two weeks for it to really pop up in the accounting. If you're doing the accounting like you're supposed to daily, weekly, doing the reconciliation, it will, it will show its ugly head. Um, and you know, there's anomalies, too, that, that can stick yes. out like a sore thumb. Um, the, the one-offs can stick out just as much as the consistent, you know, mm-hmm. I, I go and get gas, and when I get gas, I do a $200 cash withdrawal. You know, they can both stick out. If in, in the bottom line is if you feel something's going on, 80-20 rule, you're going to be right. Yeah. 80% yes, of the time. Yes, I've noticed that in my years. Yep. Um, yeah. It, you know, people say, as well, it's my intuition. It's like, 
No, your, your brain's working a lot harder than you really think it is. You're trying to filter out things. And if you stop filtering, you, you'll be able to see it clearly. Uh, but the things you can do is you can just shake up the, the company, you know, to shake up how your deposits are being done, shake up who's doing it. You know, things will all of a sudden pop right out. Uh, you can also bring in, you know, some forensics accounts. You can bring in another bookkeeper to audit or look at things. One of the biggest things that we recommend on the bookkeeping side of the, of the company is that your bookkeep, your office manager, your bookkeeper, and your CPA are three different people within three different companies. Okay. Because if your bookkeeper works for your CPA, guess who they're going to protect first? Mm-hmm. The CPA. The office manager and the bookkeeper are within the same company. Who's So you, whatever variation you have, it's three different people with three different companies. So you have an office manager in-house, you have a bookkeeper, and then you have a CPA. So there is that, that final word. And the other thing, too, is a CPA is not going to dig deep like a bookkeeper is, and a bookkeeper is not going to you know, know the ins and outs like an office manager is. So my communication with an office manager is much different than a CPA to an office manager. And my communication with a CPA is much different than, you know, those two would be. Keeping people in the lanes is going to make much more efficiency. Yes. It's going to create automatic double checks. Um, I'm a huge proponent for having a bookkeeper in a CPA, not a CPA that does your books uh, for a couple of different reasons. One, you're paying CPA rates. Yeah. God bless them. They deserve it. They, they do it. Uh, you know, when I was a practicing attorney, you know, my time was built out as an attorney because of what I knew. Um, and they're in that same thing. But at the same point, they're also hampered by what they can do. Um, when they sign anything as a CPA, they're signing their license. So we, we were making a couple of jokes about, okay, you've gone to the gambling, you've gone something, and you put it as a business expense. CPA is not going to sign on that because that, that's their license. Bookkeeper shouldn't either because it's wrong, but I, it's, it's kind of a bad, bad analogy. Um, but being able to have the bookkeeper talk to the, the CPA is going to create some other efficiencies. One, in the cost. Two, you now have a, an automatic double check. So if the bookkeeper does something wrong, the CPA can correct it because there's certain ways you want, the CPA is going to want to have things done. Um, so there's a little bit of a dance there. I like your recommendation of changing things up. If you have somebody counting something, be it food, money, whatever it is, and they get in that pattern of nobody over my shoulder, if you're doing that for six months and all of a sudden he says, no, Mike's going to start counting now. And then all of a sudden these numbers are down here. Well, Well, the the other adage on the quality side is what you measure, you improve. Yes. So if you can build that into your process in that same way that you just described, you know, I'm going to count the do the boring, horrible, you know, count the inventory, which it's got to be done. And if nobody's checking it, yeah, it's soft. You know they're checking it. It's already going to be better, which means the check's going to be less. Yeah, it doesn't which means mean everything's going to flow. Doing something wrong no, not at bad, all. But no. people get complacent, yeah. comfortable, lazy. Yeah. I mean, we all do. So that's why it's so good to know that. Um, there, somebody's going to check behind me and make sure that my work is good. So while which also validates your work. This week you can today, have some pride in it. yeah. This week today, I might be kind of lazy about it, but I know I need to review it by the end of the month because so and so is going to take a look at it. <laughs> in a previous life, I had a job that involved food and beverage, which was the first and only time I <clears throat> dealt in that world, and 
It's tough. I don't understand why people want it. I know why restaurants open and close, <laughs> and, and that life is just brutal. I learned. So tip your service. Yeah, oh, big time, yeah. So I learned a couple things. One is bartenders. We had a bartender that took us a while to figure out was uh, helping his salary. Mm-hmm. And he was, I learned there's a couple different ways. One is the way the straws are, because only they know what nine straws this way and one across means. Mm-hmm. The dollar bills. Mm-hmm. Head this way, head this way, head this way, head that way. Head this way, head, you know, and just how they lay that. So they know what they gave away. Bottle caps from beer, right? So they know what they gave away at the end of the night. And they explained it to me. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. They're like, oh, just stuff like that was One unreal. of the things they taught us when we, when I was a branch manager of the bank is if anyone had a scrap of paper next to their teller window, they were hugely suspect because it was exactly that. You know, because... When, when you're dealing with cash, and it's kind of great that we're on cards now because it's, it's kind of changed the game. Uh, but if you were putting $100 in as a cash deposit, and if I, as a teller, clip 10 of it, it's got to go in my draw because you, you, I can't be seen putting it in my pocket. And what you're going to do is count that I only gave Mike $90 to his, his account and it'll get audited later and, you know, taken out of the account. But I've got to get that 10 out of my draw. So I'll mark on the sheet of paper that there's a 10 for me at the end of the day so that my draw balances. So y- that's the same analogy yeah. as you, you straws keep and doing things. I didn't think of that. Um, that's awful. Well, oh, it, it is. That's impressive because there are cameras everywhere around the tellers. Yes. W- at what point in time from the drawer to the safe do they pull that? Because it's got to be smooth. The, 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 the big trick is you throw it away. One more time. Throw okay. the money away. Throw it in the trash. When you throw in other stuff, you throw the money in the trash. Draw balances. You go and you put it away. And then, you know, you got some other scrap. You throw it in there and you take the money out. Okay, we're not here to, nice. t- to tell people how to do things. We'll be no, doing our version people. of Ocean's we're Eleven's later. Oh, yeah. yeah, such a good movie. No, we're telling them what to look for is the way I look at it. You had mentioned earlier along that those lines is the efficiencies of people in their roles. What? Where's the biggest time waster? If it's a business, maybe two or three people. What are the biggest time wasters we have? Not having dedication to your job. Um, in fact, I was just having this discussion with someone that helps companies position themselves to, to sell or, or transition. And what we I see very, very often is the owner is like, like the kid putting his finger in the dike. He's touching every process at some point to make it run smooth, which is great. It, now it runs smooth. But if you take the owner out, Every process fails at some point because he's the one that was fixing things. This is the biggest danger. So if, God forbid, the owner hits megabucks, we don't even have to have him do something horrible like hit by a car, but we take him out of the picture for a little bit. Every process fails, and then you see the owner coming back on, nothing runs without me. That's right, because you're screwing up every process. You're touching it, and nobody else knows you're touching it that they can back up for you. Trinity tells the story when we work with clients, if you can't go on vacation and your business continue to run, you have a job. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if it can run without you, then you have a business. It's like, <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, so, so getting that out of the way is, is, is the first thing. Uh, and getting people to understand the whole process. You need to know the process. For me, I need to know the whole thing 
because I will get that mental block. I need to know how step one goes to two to three. And, and that's another big failing of the smaller companies. They don't know the flow. They just know they do this piece for some reason, and then they hand it off to Mike, who's going to do something, and he's going to give it to Tiffany. Um, I actually, when I worked at the bank, we had a process like that, that I took a, a sheet of information, basically transposed the whole thing, gave it to you, and your primary job was to transpose it, add it back up, and then give it to Tiffany, who had to transpose it back to the first way. None of us cared which way this, this information was ordered, but we were each told that we had to do that for something that has now become ons- obsolete. But once I found the process, and I said, hey, can we convert this, and do you need to do it? We basically took the second person out. It was like, we're just going to add it up. The first person can do that and do the verification and give it directly to Tiffany and cut it, cut it off. Um, so knowing the process is, you know, the, the next big thing that really, really fails. Um, Tiffany, when you're working with, and I so want to call you Trinity, so if I do, forgive me. <laughs> just okay, that, Bob. Yeah, really, it's just a free, so <laughs> she's there. First name begins with T, why not say Trinity? Well, I got a work wife, he's got a work wife at you. I do, it, only Trinity's real husband got a Jeep. I didn't get a Jeep, so I'm the, yeah. <laughs> When we're tracking our numbers, mm-hmm. we don't want to do it soup to nuts. We just have to get it in an order mm-hmm. or readable or legible. What are a couple of things? What are the worst things we do with tracking daily or weekly or monthly? Making false entries. For example. Trying to reconcile, trying to match your QuickBooks to your bank account. Okay, I understand that. So the bank says I have $1,000. My QuickBooks says I have $500. So let me do a $500 entry so they match. Understanding the purpose of reconciliation and how that really works. And taking that from the little paper book register that was in our checkbooks to a software version seems to be so complicated to most business owners. Um, Anytime I start working with a client, I try to start, well, I start with what is their end goal? Like, what do they want? What, what do they want to achieve? Um, if they, they don't ever want to see it, they don't want to know about it, they just want to report when they ask for a report, and that's it. Or if they wanted to have a certain level of understanding of the process, the software, how, how can I go in, that kind of thing. And um, I love educating the client. And literally teaching them the software, working myself out of a client, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and I have. I've worked myself out of several clients that I see less and less because I've taught them enough that based on the size of their business and, and what they're doing, that's that's all they need me for now, which is And great. sometimes we want that, yeah. right? And I love it. I love it. One of the um, problems we see is people do the books like they wash the floor to do it, to get it done, to go to the next thing. <laughs> what happens when you do it that way is – the books that in your mind are done. I've put numbers in and it looks somewhat right and you walk away. Like Tiffany talks about it being the story. It's the best tool you have to really know where your business is, to know where you're spending your money, your time, and what's productive, not what you think is productive. You wouldn't believe how many times that's wrong. Um, And Key Concepts, which is the the coaching side of it, really was built into the, the Office Nerd's name because if you, you know, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. We've all used that. Uh, and that's true. If you don't know where things are, there's not that much value for me to come in and fix things. 
Because if you're losing money and I fix things to be more efficient, I've made it more efficient for you to lose more money. Um, we had one client that we almost took in, in a different side of the business that was selling $3 million worth of product to a wholesaler. And when we heard that, you know, my partner at the time says, let's sign them up. We can do something with that. Well, I wanted to dig a little deeper. I said, well, how much are you making? Oh, that's the interesting thing. Well, I lean forward in the chair. Why is that interesting? It, it really shouldn't. It should just be a number. Well, we're losing money. How much are you losing? We're losing 20 grand because we didn't understand how, you know, discounts and basis points and all that worked. I said, well, okay, I, I can make you 26 grand before we leave this meeting. They're like, oh, great, how? I said, stop selling. You're selling below cost. Stop it. Yeah, but we're selling $3 million. And that's what they brag to their buddies about. Yes, yeah. there's a problem with a, a yeah. sales-driven organ. You know, I love my sales guys. You know, you need sales. I'm, you know, but you can't let that be the end-all, be-all. And that's what it was. But we're selling $3 million. I can't stop doing that. Um, in a previous life, I was a, this was back in Florida, right the year that the economy took a dump, I was a business broker. And I just chuckled at the number oh. of times people would say, because I'd get to the point like, okay, well, let's take a look at the books and so we can set a price for your business. Which set do you want? Ugh. No, 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 no. You, <laughs> you can either screw the government or you can resell your business. You can't do both. <laughs> but I, lo I love stuff like that. We're like, no, that's not quite how that works. But And then they say, well, I'm, I'm doing a million in revenue. And then they want to price the business off that. And no, your 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 net's eighty. Mm -hmm. Like would would you buy this business off a million if I was selling you that? No. I'm like yeah. exactly. Another so, thing they don't understand is intermingling their money. That's yeah. probably one of the biggest <sighs> things for a small business owner is intermingling their money and not having a separate business account versus your personal account. Let's throw out one of it, your nuggets. To them it's yeah. To put on my old law hat. When you mesh your money, intermingle it, put it together, personal out of business, vice versa, that protection that you think you have from having an LLC or a subchapter S or any type of organization is gone. It is thrown out the window. It is worthless. It, you know, the legal theory on that is piercing the corporate veil. Basically what it means is, God forbid you got in trouble and you had one of us, you know, pencil neck attorneys coming in going, okay, let me find out. We want to wreck that that bubble, that protection of the corporation to get to your personal assets because that's usually where your assets are. And if you've mixed your, your money in however way we've done it, the, the argument is going to be, well, you've used this like your personal account, therefore it's not a business, therefore you just mm. you know, basically hired yourself, and therefore everything you own in whatever name is now available for me to sue and take. So that's why that is just so important. We, we try to beat it in and scare the, scare our clients because you've gone through all this expense and time. You say educated by my Boston comes out. There's a yeah. there's a there's a yeah. soft side and depends side. on how far how much they want to fight you on it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, at the end yeah, of the day, it's your decision to do yeah. whatever it is oh, you yeah. want to yes. do. Yeah. As long as you know you don't have protection if the thing hits the fan because you've mixed this. And the other thing is, you're never going to get a letter from the government going, we saw that you mixed something, so therefore you don't have, you know, yeah. any protection. It's only when a problem arises. So in a lot of the things that businesses are doing wrong, it's yeah. only when things become important, when it hits the fan, you're going, I need, like people with two books that needed mm -hmm. this uh, COVID money, couldn't get any because 
they're trying to tell the government for the last 15 years I've been losing money. Well, if you're losing money, close the shop. It, you know, you know, you, you shouldn't be there. Kind of like these Major League Baseball owners, but y- I yes. digress. So can <laughs> I assume that when you went to look for a name of a company to change it, that Pencil Next was already taken? Pencil Next was taken. Oh, yeah, I hate that. So now you're the office nurse. Uh, brag on one of your clients, no names, but what do they do well that makes your job easier and their business better? Let us do everything. <laughs> what do they do better that makes our what do they do correctly when they hand you the information? It's like, you know what? This is the way it's supposed to be done. You know what? I have, I do have a client. Um, she's out of Chapel Hill. And she, when she got to the point that she was ready to stop doing pencil and paper, so to speak, she did her homework. She did her research. Um, fortunately, we were recommended by another client. And um, we, we started from day one. We, we started, even though her business is five, six years old, we started her books from day one. And typically, most of our clients, we do about a year and a half worth of work. Reconciliation. Reconcil- yep. Clean updates. up, work, updates. We so don't for those clients that want to fix their books before they give them, like cleaning before the cleaning lady comes, stop that. We, we just let us get in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of them, too, haven't had their taxes done. So, for example, it's 2020. Every client we brought on this year, I started from January 2018. I did 18, 19, and 20, or at least July of 18. Um, but no, so she, that's what she did. She said, okay, I'm ready for this next step in my business. This is my growth point. Um, she did her homework, her research, and, and um, fortunately for us, ended up selecting us to be her bookkeeper. And again, what's your end goal? What do you want? And she wants to be able to understand it. And um, so, yeah, we we set out a plan. We did a three and a six month plan. We did a right now. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what what you can expect in a month. And here's what you can expect in three months. And based on what you want to reach those goals. And we have worked that way. And um, it's been it's been beautiful because it's been so much less work. And it has cost her so much less money my guess is a lot of business owners don't factor that in they don't factor that in they pay so much more than they need to pay to fix things and the real business plan of progression that we, we look at is tiffany really does all the, the quickbooks and the bookkeeping and it's the education and the 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 training, however much you want to know about the books and the numbers. And the great thing when we take over the books is when we give them back numbers, they do what they've always supposed to do. They put that analytical hat and they look at them going, I couldn't have spent that much on this. Well, yeah, yes, you you did. You know, now they're analyzing. That's where my analogy before, they just did it to get it done. Mm -hmm. And once it was done, they didn't look at it. So we want to take it and make it a tool. And once it's a tool, then some of the background that I have and that Tiffany has can really come and start showing some true value. Um, I was involved with this strategic sourcing at State Street Bank when we redid every contract that the, the company had to save like a billion dollars or something crazy. Um, going in, and we'll do this for a small company. We'll take a look. If you have a, spending a, a lot on insurance, let's reprice it. Um, you know, as Colorado will get involved, you know, we have an awful lot of go-to folks going, hey, price this out, see if we can save it. Um, the payroll, I love, I love repricing payroll. Going, okay, let's see if you've 
not using half the services you have and go right down the line. Half of what we can do is just cost savings. Cost savings is better than revenue because mm-hmm. you've already made the revenue. Now, if I can stop what you're spending, you know, you've made more money. It's kind of like looking at your phone bill and realizing, mm-hmm. oh, we don't have six phones anymore. Yeah, exactly but, what it is. And you also We're like you an umbrella about, policy. Yeah. That's really what we are. Between Mark's educational background as a lawyer and his finance, you know, finance background, both educationally and his work experience, and just my years of experience of being that office manager, the Robin, you know, so to speak, of Batman, that support system, because um, I, I don't like the limelight. I, I don't like being out front. I am not the picture of the company by any means. Um, so we feed off of each other's strengths and our weaknesses. Um, there's no judgment when I don't know something or I'm like, I'm thinking about this way, but what do you think about that way? And and vice versa. I mean, he has a wall of plaques and diplomas and education and background, but he has no problem asking me a question based on my strengths, my experiences. And, um, and what we try to do is just offer as much of that wealth of knowledge, both as business owners, educationally, experience, to the new business owner. And not because we woke up one morning and said, hey, let's learn how to do this. Instead, what we did was, hey, we've learned how to do all these things. How can we share that knowledge? And that, that is our passion, is how to share that knowledge to the next new business owner. We love coaching people that want to be coached because you yeah. can see they want to learn. Yeah. And they're so receptive to new ways, cost-cutting, new pro, new systems. Just, oh, yeah, it's wonderful. So many things out there. that, And, and again, a lot of businesses have just happened. You know, they, yeah. they, they weren't planned despite having a business plan or having no business plan. You know, life takes you in different, different turns. Uh, so we don't ask, why are you doing it this way? I will ask, how is it benefiting you? How does it get to the next step? Because when you ask why, it's like, well... I had one guy and we needed five, so, you know, this was the best way I could get it. To. I understand that. We've been there. I've done that. I know. Um, but it's, you know, now let's take a look at it and see how it fits with you now and can we make it better. Um, sometimes just that new set of eyes is fantastic. Um, and like I said, the tips and tricks that we've had that we've, we've, you know, helped companies on, you know, that always comes back out. And I would say most, more than not, no small business owners more small business owners than not know their craft but mm-hmm. don't really know a business structure right. and how to run yep. that yep. and we totally ha- we totally give away more than we should um we criticize each other that's probably the biggest criticism of each other is well yeah you, you she needs to price them, me and i need to price her everything they need to know are they going to be a client now Put it you out know. there. Well, and here's, and I'm with you on that. And Trinity and I have this conversation a lot too. And just put it out there because they're going to be fired up for a month on doing it. <laughs> and then September's like, oh crap, I don't want, oh, another month I got to do all this? Here, Here Tiffany, do this. <laughs> here's the thing everything that we can tell you is like telling you how to diet. Yes. Telling you is easy, the process is simple. Doing it is hard. And, and that's where the discipline and really takes hold. Um, and, and that's why the real value is getting it off your plate. 
Um, I used to teach a class up in, in, uh, in Mass on how to start a business. And I remember one of the classes I started, I said, who wants $10? I was just trying to get everybody's attention. And then when I saw five people raise their hand, I'm like, I don't even have 50 bucks on me. Okay, well, how do I tw- turn this? Um, and then you see the other people in the class going, what did he say? Could you say that again? Okay, who wants $10? And you pick someone. You say, okay, Mike, here's $10, but I want an hour of your time. It almost always push that $10 back on, you know, I'm worth more than $10. I said, great. One, I get my 10 bucks back. <laughs> Two, what are you doing in your business that you could have somebody do for $10? Are you washing the floor? Yes. Are you answering the phone? Yes. Are you doing the books? Yes. Are you, are you, I can go right down the list. You can get that off your plate. And where is your true value? Your value is in doing whatever your business is. So the more you do this, the less you're doing of that value add. So let's get rid of it. One of a couple different ways. Hire somebody, you know, g- give it to someone like us, you know, automate it, which is a big thing, or, or so forth. If you need help, folks, I'm telling you, for the last 35 minutes, they've <laughs> shown you what they can help you do. And, again, it's the back of house stuff that kills people. And the front, so, the selling is easier. The knowing the business is the easiest part of it, but the back house stuff. So if you hate bookkeeping, if you hate QuickBooks, if you don't even know QuickBooks, I don't even know how to log in. You guys go to theofficenerds.com. The Office Nerds, plural, dot com, which is a great name for a company. When I first, when I met you, I think probably going on two years now. Is it really? And heard the name, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> God, that's such a good name. So. Nobody remembers anything, but they do remember Irwin. That's the whole point. They love Irwin. That's the whole point. So, uh, well done on that. So, anyways, uh, best of luck through... I think we're halfway through COVID or we're near closer to the end than the beginning. We're almost halfway through the year. Yeah, but uh, appreciate having you two on. Uh, I know your clients are in good hands and you guys are always open for a question or two. Absolutely. If we've learned anything, we've learned Mark gives his time away all the time, but you should do that. So I I applaud you for that. Yep. (laughs) Until five o'clock on Friday. You you can actually book a call right through the website. There you go. Uh, Anyways, thanks for coming out today. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to everybody next time on our Wired to Change podcast.